podcast, your go-to place for cheese and chats. I'm your host, Emma, and I'm joined today by an extra special guest. I have Satonye from Daughters of Botany. Hello. <laughs> Hi, so good to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you could come on. I um, We usually do episodes where we try different teas, like just trying to get through all the classic teas that you can think of and then fun blends and stuff like that. But every now and then I do a tea and chats episode where I talk to someone who does something really cool. Um, so I did one with Mike who does stop motion animation. Um, but you are super topical because you run your own tea business, <laughs> which <Yep>. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in fact drinking one of your teas right now, which is great. So I'm drinking the red moon. What I, I spotted you have a cup with you. What are yeah. you yourself drinking this fine evening? <clears throat> so I was tempted to do Mood Indigo because I know she's been on your podcast. But mm-hmm. I went instead with our rose lemonade blend, which is rose and lemon, because um, I felt like I needed something a bit calming. Um, so, yeah, rose yes. and lemon. Oh, that sounds so nice. Rose lemonade. Just mm. yummy. And I think that's like a through line with your teas. They all just sound so fresh and delicious. And I know there's a lot of thought that goes into them. But I wanted to start like right at the beginning, just finding out a bit more about you and your business. So when did you start blending teas? Like, how did that begin for you? So I started about two years ago when a friend of mine, a really good friend, had just come back from holiday and she was super bloated and kind of went on for a while. And so I said something like, oh, I'm sure there's a tea for that. And she said, why don't you make me one? And I just said, OK, good night. Bye. And then I woke up at 4 a.m. and I started um, ordering stuff like hibiscus, which is from my childhood. And I didn't know at the time that hibiscus is super anti-inflammatory. So if you're bloated, it's it's the best thing to drink. And so that's how I started. Oh, that's lovely. That's such like an organic way to start. (laughs) It was like it's not even like I love when things begin that way, where it's just sort of you fall into it. And I always feel like they're the things that you're meant to be doing because they just sort of naturally happen. And you said the magic word there, you said hibiscus. So you've got a really cute small range of teas and hibiscus is in every single one of them. Am I right? Yeah, you are. You are perfectly right. Um, I think for me, it feels like Daughters of Botany is like a love letter to my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. So my mom is actually a botanist. Um, and so my childhood was, I was I was an only child for about six years. And my childhood was kind of, I mean, that, those were the happy years. My, ch- my childhood <laughs> was filled with just wandering around my mom's garden. Like I remember being struck by hibiscus because it's bold and just gorgeous and beautiful. And when you look at it, it has no smell. When you when you smell it, even it has no smell. But then when it's dried, it just has the most amazing flavor. And so hibiscus for me, I I, I haven't made a tea without hibiscus. I don't know if I ever will. So there you go. I love it. It's such a. I really enjoy hibiscus and tea. I I would actively seek it out, um, before mm. even discovering your teas. And it's so nice to have such a large range of them mm. with it. Mm-hmm. I know you said that it's anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Is that something you sort of take into all of your teas? Do you think about the properties of the ingredients in that way? Or is it more just the taste and what will go with the hibiscus and bring the different flavours together? That's such a good question. So I would definitely say that for me, flavour and colour are super important. But another layer to that is I want to feel well when I drink the teas. I want to feel well in my body and my mind and, and in a sense in my soul. 
And so that's a big part of it. So I have made the other blends that I've made and I just haven't felt this kind of soothing or calming um, sense when I drink them. And so I never kind of put them out. For example, Mood Indigo is like, you've had that. So that's like full and it's mesmerizing. But at the heart of it, it's just this sense of just feeling like you're escaping to a different country or do you know what I mean? Just something extra that connects with your mind and just makes you feel centered. There you go. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll say, yeah, I've definitely tried Mood Indigo. I've got some of it and it's just, it's really, really yummy. And it is that escapism. I think the colour, so Mood Indigo is a tea. If you haven't heard that episode, it's uh, called Beautiful Teas, where I drink it with my friend Nicole. And it's so vibrantly blue. And that is a colour that you rarely get in a tea. Um, that I've seen anyway on my little tea journey Um, (laughs) and this one as well red moon like it's just a really lovely vibrant color but it's also very nice to drink something like that that has that color from such a natural source as well like it's not coming from like the the mood indigo it's coming from the pea flower is that Mm. right that's what makes it yeah butterfly pea yeah yeah which is so nice so you know that what you're drinking is just sort of like nature being awesome (laughs) (laughs) which is it's good fun um you said your mother's a botanist Mm -hmm. could you just explain what that I I know what like botany is with uh plants um what what would you do what do you do as a botanist (laughs) (laughs) so basically her her background is in industrial biology but then when she moved back she used to live in the UK when I was little and then she moved back and then she just started kind of studying the different plants in Nigeria and she then started growing them. And um, then she kind of had this business, which is based around plants and just kind of looking at the conditions that are favorable for them and just growing certain things that other people wouldn't grow and just being really tender with the plants and working out what their needs were, especially when there wasn't that much literature on how to take care of those certain plants. Um, and then she's gone up to, she's gone on to develop her own compost, like pl- she, she tells me stuff, but sometimes I forget. So it's a potting compost. Now, all those things are usually imported into the country. So hers, which is launched this year, would be the first to actually be made locally and um, sold. And she's done that. That's 20 years of research for her and just like lots of failing and just getting back up again. Lots of scientific testing. I don't know the like fancy names for it. So that's kind of her field and that's what she's done. I am nothing like her. Uh, (laughs) I just I just wanted to just make that completely clear and I've tried to pay uh, homage to her by just like trying to grow things but I am a certified plant killer Um, (laughs) no way I'm serious like the secret people laugh at me because they say daughter of daughter of botany but you you're not great with the outdoors and like I just imagine you floating outside with plants all around you but I'm not good with plants Uh, and so um, doing these teas was my way of just connecting with, with um, her and, yeah, and without, without, like, killing the vibe and just, like, destroying the plants. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. But also, what a wonderful way to connect with your mother and with what she does. Um, mm. Because you definitely got it, like what would you call it like when you've got an eye for you'd say an eye for something 
Would you say an eye? You don't drink a tea with your eye. I'm getting a bit lost here. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> You've got to yeah, taste the tea. It's, yeah, it's funny because I make them with my nose, which is the most. When I say it, people look at me funny. Um, I, I make. Yeah, I can't see you right now, so I have a thing. You might be looking at me funny, but um... no, no, it makes complete sense. No, it does. Yeah, we've had to turn up, dear listeners. We've had to turn the cameras off to give give the internet of Norfolk and where where are you, Sitonia? Are you? I'm in Surrey. In Surrey, so Norfolk yeah. and Surrey internet. We're we're egging it on right now to <laughs> to not break on us. But no, I wasn't. I I think that makes so much sense that it would start with your nose, because especially because like with a herbal tea. A lot of the time, the smell of it is can be even more. I'd say not so much of your tea, but the smell of it can be even more powerful than the taste itself. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really. It, I mean, it's half, it's half and half. Sometimes you can get teas that have really strong smell, and then you taste them, and the, like you say, the taste isn't that strong. Mm. I love, I love strong taste. I love strong color. I love strong smells as well. So I can like smell it, and I kind of order all these ingredients and. Uh, some of them I've never had. So, for example, uh, when we did the cocoa one, I'd never really had the cocoa husks, um, but I just kind of knew that, that mm-hmm. we we needed to get cocoa, hus- cocoa husks on board. Just to, like the lime leaf, I kind of had a bit of it in cooking in a restaurant, but I just thought this has to be a part of the tea. And so you can smell it in your head, if that, that makes sense, and you start to imagine what it will taste like, and then you get the stuff and, and then... You start this journey of experimenting and failing and getting back up again. And I think for me, I have to talk about the failure, right? My my first tea was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it, may I ask? <laughs> um, it was the precursor to Red Moon, but I was trying to go all like cinnamony and... Cinnamon? And, and spicy, like cl- cloves and... I don't know, but it didn't work because that's not my language in tea. That's not like my dialect in tea. There are people who make really amazing teas, like really with the spices and stuff. And for some reason, I can't speak that. I've tried so many times, but I can't speak that. But I can speak like lime leaf. I can speak those lemon kind Mm. of flavors to the tea. Um, And I can definitely speak hibiscus. I'm safe. It's it's safe, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah. you're good at it, and it's quite original. Like, I don't, I can't think of many teas that have gone down the route that you've gone. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, like it being bold, and like you want the colours to be bold and the taste to be bold and everything. It is. It's all there. It's all. It's like quite punchy, which I really <laughs> like. Like, I like strong teas. <laughs> like, if I have a black tea, I'm like, okay, I want my tea to pretend to be coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually tea um yeah definitely <laughs> um I love the that process that you're going through like it's almost like you're getting a vision for what your tea needs to be like before you've even smelt or tasted some of the ingredients and that's because I'm at, you know I, I don't suppose you've got like a cupboard full of a million tea ingredients that you can just wander in and pick that there must be a certain element of just having to imagine it unless you worked in like an amazing tea factory um, <laughs> so just like, how do you do, do you do you take a gamble and just order some ingredients and go right I'm hoping this is going to be the one yeah um that's such a good question so I would say for me I started the business when we were we were really struggling finan- financially just managing our finances and so 
every decision I made to buy an ingredient was a very costly one for us. Mm. Like I'd have to put money aside and I'd have to just like buy a little, little bit of the ingredient and hope that I hadn't wasted money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, three times out of five, we would be okay with the ingredients and then we could order some more and we would just have the one blend. Do you know? So for, I think for six months or so, I just had the one blend. And then um, then we took another gamble with the coconut um, and with the butterfly pea. So it's always, it's always saying, I trust my nose and my imagination 100% but this might fail and I've had to learn that because I didn't really think like failure was a thing I just mm. like, oh everything has to be perfect yeah um, yeah and I've had to allow myself to make mistakes and learn from them and understand that because something hasn't worked it doesn't make me a failure as a person and so we have a lot of like sessions with my husband who's my business partner where we just have to talk things out and that has been a huge part of the process sorry I think I, I think I went really like <laughs> really deep for a second let's, let's no that's uh, so that resonates so much though because it's so hard to try especially when it's new to take that kind of gamble and trust yourself when because th- things are never going to go perfectly the hot it's never going to be smooth sailing the mm. whole time on a new venture and especially when it's like your business it's your own thing it's you and your husband like you haven't got anyone else saying oh yes this is the right thing to do yeah. <laughs> keep yeah. I promise you I can see into the future and in a year's time you'll be great so keep you know it's it's it is a gamble and you've got to trust mm. yourself with these things and mm-hmm. commit to them I guess yeah, for sure. And I think also coming from a different background, so my background is in acad- academia, right? So I, I'm i used to studying hard to get what I need to, to get. I'm used to being an expert in my field. Like if you study in your field for four years, you're an expert, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a degree that says you are Dr. Satonio Dubemi, but th- I don't have a degree that says I can, I'm a tea maker and that messes with my head. Yes. Yeah. It's Uh, yeah. The uh, only the only time you're going to get any kind of validation of what you've done is is when people start buying the tea. But by then, you're it's too late. You're already into it. (laughs) You can't back out now. (laughs) You've made the tea. Um, Exactly. You said so. You're in academia. So that would how much of of daughters of botany botany would you say is your job now? Like, is it something that? is growing and and becoming more or do you think it's something that's going to stay on the side alongside your academic work um so I so my background is in academia but I'm a secondary school teacher I teach Ah. French oh do you yes I do (laughs) um and I also um I have pastoral responsibilities so Justice of Botany is a side thing that is for my it's like a way that my family has to be creative and expressive. So it, it's a tea, it started with the teas, and it was actually originally called the Floral Tea Co. Um, oh. Yeah, but then we needed to talk a bit about sustainability on a very serious level because we were throwing away um, hibiscus powder that was a byproduct of our tea. And so we started then incorporating that into massage oils. And then we started, like, we got a, we made a face mask. We just developed this face mask over two years where we thought we can't throw away hibiscus because hibiscus is so good for skin. And so what I want to see with this is I, for it to grow 
in a very beautiful way. But I still love my job as a teacher. I like to say I'm a teacher who makes tea. There you go. Um. That's, oh, that just sounds so delightful. <laughs> that, is living, that is living the dream. <laughs> so nice. Absolutely. I think that's, it's great to have something that you can build up. And it is like, I, I from, you know, watching what's going on with your brand and stuff, like, I think it is growing. Like, people are really enjoying it. It's so nice to have something. And I remember you mentioning, because I, I heard you talk at the um, community event mm-hmm. with two reviews nobody asked for. And um, <laughs> you said there about how this is also kind of a, a legacy for your children, mm-hmm. for them as mm-hmm. well. So like that being part of the family, like that's such a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to, do, do they get involved yet? Are they interested in the teaser? Yeah. They're like, oh, that's the thing mum does. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to yet. <laughs> So I'm just before I answer that question, I'm just gonna do uh, like a lovely shout out to the tea community because mm-hmm. obviously that's how that's how we met you and I and um, just everyone has been hugely supportive. It does feel like a family, and it's weird because having a product, right? You don't expect to really be part of that the fam the community that 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 like experiences your product, and, and I felt really welcomed in and just. Yeah, it's just been so encouraging and, you know, getting messages from these lovely people who drink your tea and say, you know, just keep going or we love your tea or just tagging you in pictures has been absolutely life changing. Um, So that's one thing. So my children, (laughs) (laughs) my children, um, so the tea, we play a lot with the ideas of heritage and legacy um, with the company. Right. So I've talked about my heritage from my grandma and for my mom even, and, and and she has her heritage from her grandma, because not her grandma, her mom, who's my grandma, because her mom was into the flower thing and was really adventurous with that. And so I started asking myself, what am I passing down? Um, my kids have always been involved in the tea process, but mainly as consumers, and my daughter sniffs, like every every ingredient that comes to the house is smelt by my daughter. And my son talks to me a lot about marketing. So they're involved in in a way. But in lockdown, we just had this situation where my son was stuck. He's got eczema and we had a company that we'd go to for 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 cream. And that company was lo- was closed over lockdown. And I said to I said to him, This is an opportunity for us to create something. Okay, and we'll work together. And mummy will probably get it wrong. And so we went on this journey where we then created this cream for him to help him with his eczema. Uh, I really didn't expect anything. I just could not wait for the shop to open again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, we, we walk past the shop because it's open now and we don't go in. Because this cream, I, let me give you context. My son's ears used to bleed and get cut every day oh. because yeah so that's and, and then I found out later when we created the cream and we'd failed and gone back up again and we had this wonderful product I said to him can you just tell mommy how you feel about this and he said for the first time I'm not going to have nightmares about my about having no ears and I said what, <gasps> you, what you I know don't get oh. me don't get me started yeah so that's that for me was okay now we're doing legacy now we are doing something for this boy that he'll never forget and so when my daughter came back with like scabs literally from using the hand sanitizer and her hands Mm. were black and just scaly like she had the hands of a 70 year old woman 
I was oh like, my gosh. Do you know what I mean? Like just yes, like, my my yeah. nephew, he's um the soap they use in school. He's he's definitely allergic to it, and oh. um he is too embarrassed to take his own soap. Oh, <laughs> and my, my sister keeps saying, "Come on, you need to take your own stuff in." And he's he's like, "No." And his hands they're so sore, they're so so sore, and they're having to wash them so much, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are. And we tried to get one from the shops that was milder and still the same situation. And I said, "You know what?" We've got you. We have this cream. We're going to put it in a little container that you take into school and you put it on your hands and you'll be fine. And so for me, like those those conversations make make Daughters of Botany worth it. And my mom always laughs because she says, you're my least scientific child. Um, <laughs> like, wow. OK. <laughs> thanks. thanks for that, mom. <laughs> So this has definitely been outside of my comfort zone, um, but it's brought me joy. Yeah, it's just that like that creativeness, like Mm. it's like there is, you know, there's a science to it, but also there's such a like uh, an artistry to making all of this stuff. And that must be so empowering for your children to be able to like have something that's happening to their body and go, you know what, I can fix this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can go with my mum and try and fix this together. Like, that's, that is cool. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we, we have a friend who's got a friend who's, um, whose baby was born premature and she had like, really lots of skin um, eczema and stuff. And the kids were like, we need to send her nice cream because that's the name of the cream. And so we then sent it with like a little note to this little baby and said, you know, just try this and let us know. How you feel and so I, I love that they can do that you know and and say we can help someone with this and that brings me joy that's so cool your kid you've got cool kids <laughs> 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 definitely it sounds like such like a journey daughters mm. of botany like it's not you know it's not perhaps the traditional tea company if you know what mm-hmm. I mean like the the, mm-hmm. the purpose behind it is is so enriching for yourself in in the way that it, it's sort of there for your family and there for something like an outlet to to grow that sort of thing so that it, I think it then passes on to the tea <laughs> and that why it's so nice and it's just fun to hear about like it's yeah very very interesting so what would you if someone was so there's a couple of people who've listened to the podcast you've sort of mentioned that they might want to start a tea business one day or something like that um so if they're listening, what would you advise to someone who wanted to start start up something similar? Mm. Um, so tea or just anything? Tea. Tea. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Um, I would say decide what you what what's important to you. What teas inspire you? First of all, what was the tea that you had that you thought, oh my goodness, this is my favorite thing in the world, right? Or this needed a bit of something else. And I know what that something else is. So decide whether you're big on smell and flavor, whether you're big on color, uh, whether you're big on all three, whether you want to go to the purest form of the tea and just be like, here is an amazing white tea that is single estate. And this is what I want you to have. Or whether you want to go floral or whether you want to go herbal, whether you want to just go black with some fruit in. Do you know what I mean? Decide Mm. what language in tea you want to speak and then pursue that with all of your heart but be prepared to stumble and to and to kind of get yourself up again pick yourself up again that's some excellent advice it's like (laughs) focusing but not being afraid to focus 
that's I really like that that's awesome I'm gonna ask you to the impossible question now what's your favorite blend (laughs) if someone was to come up to you and say I'm gonna I'm gonna get a get one what 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 which one what's the winner is there a winner there's there there is no winner (laughs) asking me to choose my favorite child um you should know better (laughs) (laughs) I think I think Mood Indigo for the magic. Mm. Yeah, for the magic of it. And for the surprise, the unexpectedness of the coconut and then um, just the hibiscus. It, it, it just, you're just on an island somewhere with Mood Indigo. Um, so I would, I would say Mood Indigo. I love it. Yep, and I agree because I love that tea. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and then I was just going to sort of wrap things up with just asking what's next? What's next for Daughters of Botany? I know you've not long released a new tea, haven't you, which is the one with the cocoa husk? Yeah, we yeah, we released the yeah, good. We released the cocoa husk one and then we released the rose lemonade one yes. after. I think, yeah. Um, and then we pause because this is what we do. It takes us so long to develop one that we pause. But we want to, we've got our teas on Carnaby Street at the moment in a lovely shop run by My Runway Group. And on the 12th of June, I think we're going to launch our our Skin Love collection, which is some of the stuff I talked to you about, like the mm. face mask, the massage oil, the nice cream. Um, and so we are, I'm just really, really nervous about that, but it's been two years in the making. So having this opportunity to be on a shop shelf, you know, um, it's just phenomenal. And if not now, then when? So Yeah, it's like yeah. That, that thing again, there's that fear of, of not being perfect and not getting things spot on, but you've got to take that leap of faith, haven't you? And I, I've got to say two years is a good amount of time. <laughs> like, I can't think, I, I think you've been very thoughtful about it. And yeah, I, how exciting, like a whole new venture with it. Yeah, it should be good. And and I think the kids will look at it as, I mean, 80% their, their own, you know, input as well. So that's huge for me. And then just thinking about that other generation above me, which is my mom looking and thinking, wow, you know, she used to complain that the goats, um, goats um, in, in her garden would walk into her garden and eat her hibiscus petals. And she almost felt like, oh, my gosh, you know, with these teas, I feel like hibiscus lives on. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. She's like, hibiscus lives on. I'm like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Not even goats can defeat <laughs> the tea. Yeah. Oh, ex- yeah. Exciting times ahead. Well, Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. It's just been fascinating to hear more about the company and how you got to where you are. And thank you. Thank you for the tea <laughs> and the chat. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. I have to say a big thank you to uh, Loose Leaf Lemon as well. Do you remember? Because that's how yes. we, we met, right? That is it. Yeah, I won the... Um, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. I was incredibly sleep deprived. <laughs> and it perked me right up it was it was really it was so so nice yeah and then I got your tea and it all went from there oh hooray for the tea community it's just like this lovely lovely 
listener if you have not got onto instagram yet and discovered this like please do because there's so many really nice people um on there talking about tea which yeah. is a hot topic so <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> cool right well thanks guys thank you for listening and i will be well i'll put a link to daughters of botany in the podcast and be shouting about it on instagram but yeah i'll be back in a fortnight having another tea and another chat Toodaloo! <laughs> <laughs>